0: welcome again to comic connoisseurs uh tonight we'll be continuing our series on defending post-crisis reboot uh today's topic will be defending george perez's wonder woman run the reboot run and of course uh, sadly jt is not here yet he is trying to escape the mall. uh but here are my <laughs> two guests uh the ever uh entertaining kitty hawk
1: hi, hi. sorry <laughs> hey how's it going
0: And also with me is a true comic connoisseur, uh, Thomas Revor.
2: I am not any kind of sewer. Okay. Well, (laughs) he uh, said I was a kind of sewer. Uh, a comic sewer. kind of sewer. Now, now DC is a comic kind of sewer nowadays. So yeah, that's okay. goes.
0: That well, let's let's start with uh, the first section of the show is always we'll go down the solicitations and just see what catches our eye and what we would recommend and what we wouldn't recommend and stuff like that. So uh looking down the list, uh, again, the first thing that catches my eye, and I'm gonna have to do it the second week in a row, Airship Entertainment, Girl Genius.
2: Woohoo! Love but again, I'm still Folio. surprised that AC Comics is still around. Which one? I mean, Bill Black is right. People will buy cowboys and good girl art, no matter what. So. Yep. But There's yeah, Airship Entertainment. Phil. Yeah, let's hear it for. I mean, Phil Folio, who's of course a genius. Period. But yeah, you know, web comics to print. Gotta love it.
0: He he treated it as the same industry, and without any of the hoity-toityness, without the, any of the holier, holier-than-thou. I was doing comics before you were born. Kind of attitude. Great guy. Love. He's awesome. Okay, let's continue down the list. I see Antarctic Press is doing a Gold Digger Christmas special. Did Number they seven.
1: did they make the money for like all the legal stuff? Like they had a Kickstarter for something like that, right?
2: Um, I don't know about that. I mean, I know that. Uh, I don't know about the Kickstarter stuff that they're doing. Like I said, I mean, you mentioned Gold Digger and Antarctic Press, and I think of what Fred Perry has done outside of the comic, which is, I mean, his own animation, his own uh, books. I mean. He's made that into his own industry. Yes, great
0: oh, guy. Yeah. Great guy, fun guy. He actually he actually does live streams for people who are interested in watching them. Really approachable guy in the industry here. Um, so uh, let's go down to Archie. Um,
2: <laughs> everything's Archie. Yeah.
1: Jet gets double digest one hundred and ninety eight. Still a low low three ninety nine.
2: God, I remember when those were in Nickel. Yeah. But I'm so, not old.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> a fifty in the old days.
0: So is anyone reading this Archie Mega Man comic at all, or is everyone pretty much, like,
2: passing by? I don't know. I mean, I I know it, people who do. Yeah, it's probably like the Archie Sonic series. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's still a lot of people like it. I mean, because it is a, a, well, at least it used to be a throwback to uh, Sonic Sat AM. Yeah, I can't say about recently, but they've had some good. They used to have some good stuff with that.
1: I actually read the first 100 issues of uh, Sonic, um, and it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I mean, it was actually just you know like an adventure comic, and it had a continuity. So it was kind of like you know, hey kids, here's how you get into a series with continuity. So huh. was, you know, it was fun, and then it got kind of fucked up with all the um, time traveling and King Sonic stuff.
2: Ten Penders. Yeah. yeah. Well, it couldn't have been any weird of an Archie's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. Oh
1: so. God, I read that whole run. That oh God,
2: was... including I, the, the yeah. Mighty Mutanimals. Oh yes, I read And it. I know the guy who drew that. Oh. oh
1: my God. I I read all of that, and it was just like, what is going on?
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: I think I'm changing it was, the subject.
1: Well, it's like kind of <laughs> like Hanna- it's like Hanna Barbera of the day.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I see George R. R. Martin has a comic book series in Avatar Press. Well, it's yeah.
2: appropriate since that's pretty much how he uh, started, skin. was uh, off of superheroes and such. So him being back in the comic industry, good for him.
0: I've never even yep. heard of this skin trade thing. Oh, it's a werewolf comic.
2: Bye.
1: Okay. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Werewolves.
0: Werewolves. Okay. Um, let's see here. Moving down. Uh, I don't know this Big Dog Inc. Or, uh, uh, get the name, okay. Um, Black Library Boom, Boom Studios.
2: Oh, Sense the of... Cartoon Network throwaways. Oh, Sense I, of I Anarchy it's... is not on Cartoon Network, Tom. Give them time,
1: the <laughs> <they're> now. <laughs> <laughs> but Godzilla down here.
2: Let's see, Does it have Godzuki
1: and Godzuki.
0: No. <laughs> okay let's see here uh, fan. Okay. okay we Sorry, have I just uh, we have some dark horse comics here um shallon cowboys because why
2: not yes why not um i'm wondering how long star wars is going to be with dark horse now that disney owns uh star wars
0: this is star wars not the star wars so
1: the star wars the original star wars
0: the Star Wars is based off of the original George Lucas screenplay before his wife stopped him from... No, tra- no. Travesty.
1: i I know. I just think it's funny they called it The Star Wars.
0: Because that's what... Well, actually, George Lucas originally titled the thing The Way of the Wills. Because <laughs> George Lucas had this concept like, the whole story's about these things called the Wills, but we never see the Wills.
1: Okay, weeaboo. That sounds very Japanese, that title.
0: It's... It's oh my god! It's, it's I've read the screenplay years years ago, and and to describe the adventures of Kane Starkiller is
2: oh god! All we can say is fire at wills.
0: No. Okay, let's let's see here. Let's go down to uh, DC Comics. Uh, oh, God. Let me just again say that I hate the renumbering thing because I like the idea of you had one book with a number like this, you know, like the number 157, another book that had 234, and and because that gave a sense of history, a sense of...
2: Well, I'd, let, I'd speak about that, let me interrupt for just a second because there's one thing I want to ask people, uh, and... Other than <coughs> the magnificent animation put out by um, Bruce Tim and uh, uh, who's the guy who directed Watchmen and uh, Superman, or Man of Steel? Uh, Zack
0: Snyder.
2: Zack Snyder, yeah. Other than the magnificent animation the two of them put out, did you know that this was the 75th anniversary of Superman this year? No one said anything. Yep. I mean, this is 75 years and DC didn't do a damned thing. And we'll come back with that when we talk about the main topic later on. Yes we will. That's really odd. That is, is there that, a not not with the uh not with the idiot in charge.
1: Yeah, but like that's like that is like there's got like I'm always I'm almost thinking there's gotta be something up.
2: Well but I mean for whatever. example one of the things that they've got in the listing here is the Blue Lantern one to one scale power battery and ring crop replica for two hundred dollars. Which is very <gasps> odd under under the Orders of the Didiot, they killed off all the Blue Lanterns because there is to be no hope in that universe.
1: (laughs) What the fuck? You notice that I'm I'm not laughing.
2: I am serious about that.
1: That is just. I've had that told
2: to me by a number of people.
1: It's DC. I've been hearing so many like shit coming out of DC recently, like that. It's just. Yeah. We got what we got. We're gonna run it into the ground.
2: Well, it's it's well. I mean, people have heard me going on, on about this because it really is everything from the new fifty-two to the third the fifty-two to the new logo, getting rid of the uh, the stars in the DC, <sighs> making um, it look like a toilet. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, a reinventing of DC to um, you know, let nothing before be known. Everything comes from me, Dan Didio.
1: Well, it's also part of this. It's part of this whole. Let's um, let's have like a studio just like Marvel. We'll split it up. We'll have like all these divisions. We'll look like we're an actual company, but you're yeah, owned by Time Warner.
2: Work, yeah, yeah. I mean, you notice that everything that's coming out of DC now, we've seen from Marvel before in the nineties.
1: Yeah, and like I'm sorry, like I, the movies. I, 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 I don't know. We could go on about this all day. Two, yeah,
2: three, yeah. Four. I mean,
1: other than the Batman
0: movies, I see six books here that have variant covers oh my god this is like
1: 90s oh jesus christ
2: it is the 90s. everything is the 90s i mean it really is everything we've seen it was the uh heroes reborn from marvel done dc's way oh my god it's it, you, you don't have
0: six books with variant covers a week this is this is the kind of things because because what you're targeting are people who aren't going to be readers you're you're targeting vague uh, you know vague people who might want to pick up these books be- the thing is what happened was in the 90s there was lots of big news stories about uh about ultra rare comic books being rediscovered from the 40s yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put an asterisk here because the reason comic books from the 40s are rare is because of World War II and and at the back of each issue is Superman or Captain America telling you support the war e- effort, recycle paper. So well, to me, the, the reason the reason why like an Action Comics number one is rare is because you know they're on the back cover you know support the war effort, recycle paper.
2: Exactly, and if you take a look to me, the true thing is the merchandising other than yeah. i think one or two sets of action figures all the merchandising that is done for dc is the classic superman batman wonder woman I mean, the, the art from um uh, neil adams the art from uh, kurt swan kurt swan yeah. uh, the, the classic stuff
1: well, you know why? Because at this point now, like, the DC characters are basically just, well, icons. that Like, most people don't even read the books anymore. Like, uh, the newest movie, Man of Steel, just assumes you know a lot about Superman already. Yeah. Because the reason is, is because you do. They're just, they're like Mickey Mouse. Everyone knows Mickey Mouse has a girlfriend named Minnie and a dog named Pluto. Like and Superman. now he writes
2: DC Comics.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Marvel. Uh, and the the thing is, is that this is what they're playing on. They're just playing on nostalgia now. They don't even really care what's going on in their books. I mean, exactly. they, they I don't mean, tie the movie and books together anymore because as far as they're concerned, the only reason that they're doing the books is just prestige. And in some cases, they have to do it to keep the rights.
2: Well, yeah. and also because, I mean, like I said, when it comes back down to it, Dan DiDio is not a comics guy. He did not come up in the industry. No. Uh, and he has the attitude of, there are no such things as heroes. Everyone has a dark side. Nobody does things because it's the right thing.
0: Yeah. Another yeah, great example. Another do great, do great example of this is I actually, uh, long time ago, like two years ago, had a conversation with uh, Paul Dini about this, and I asked him very straightforward. Paul, is our comic books loss leaders and for people who don't know what the term loss leader is it, it comes from uh, the grocery stores yeah where basically grocery stores lose their money on eggs but you buy milk and they make their money on milk mm. so you come in for the eggs you stay for the milk and Paul Dean said pretty much he said yes but no he pretty much say that comic books exist because when a movie comes out for Batman Batman continually being published keeps it in the in the public's mind Mm. and And you know,
2: yeah, but that's not all i mean uh, they're not we'll the back God, but the moment, the... but I mean deney himself wrote an, a wonderful run on Zatanna. yeah, and the reasons for that i I know the reasons for that will go, we all know the reasons no. for that, yeah, we all but, know the mean, reasons. it was successful, it was selling, and it got killed.
1: But here's the thing, like he's saying that it's to keep it in the public eye, but comic books aren't really in grocery stores anymore yeah, like the, the thing is is that most kids, their access to superheroes are now like through books or the internet,
3: mm-hmm.
1: like they honestly don't read comic books because they're in comic book stores, and i didn't I haven't checked the number of comic book stores left in America, but there's so few, whereas here in like australia like There are still comic book stores, but, like, most kids get their, their, you know, access to superheroes. They have these, like, magazines that have, like, little toys and then, like, just, like, comic book stories. It's kind of like Disney Afternoon. Remember, like, in the, yeah. So comic books, I think, at this point are just sort of a vestigial thing. Especially even, in I mean, the case of DC. Not, yeah. Maybe not so much for Marvel, but probably increasingly so. So I, I, take, it, I take it
0: no, I take it no yeah. one is reading DC Comics in this room.
1: I, uh, well, of I, course. The, <laughs> I read a
2: lot of DC Comics uh, before the Didiot took over.
0: And uh, one thing I've got to really say is uh, the Superman Wonder Woman book, is anyone even still interested in this at all anymore? Or is, is this pretty much all the hype of this relationship pretty much gone now?
2: Superman belongs with Lois Lane, Wonder Woman, and we'll talk about this later in the show. Um, but is supposed to be who she is. At, the two of them together because hey, they're both super powered and they're both godlike. No,
1: this cover I mean, is awesome.
2: Before the New Fifty Two, the Batman Wonder Woman relationship made complete sense. Well, then she's the prom queen, he's the bad boy. Well, no, I mean, they're both
0: warriors. I know, I mean, but but, but I, I know, but I'm refer- referencing how bruce tim put it that you get them two together because he's the bad boy she's the prom queen and that's chemistry right there
1: please tell me that cover i just posted does not look like one of those trashy love you know like on the seas novel like
0: why is fabio posing for a uh, for a comic book
1: because this is this is trouble in space or something you know some pun that's like about sex
0: why why is it why is there not like the sea behind them and a sea captain and and like i know
2: i was thinking more it was pigs in
3: space
1: well that 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 could be said too but this is just i'm just looking at this and i'm like are you trying to get like my mother-in-law to, to read this or something. And not
0: have done the 50 shades
1: uh, just, that that shit. No, but this is just like, <laughs> like, I, I mean, Superman and wonder woman. It's like, it's I'm the, not going to read. I'm not going to read this. Cause I know it's not going to actually happen. That's yeah. the
3: thing.
2: You talk about You've, the prom queen and the uh, bad boy. No, this is the prom queen and the uh, high school quarterback.
1: Yeah. And the thing That's is, nice. is that this is, this is bored one it's boring and two this has been done so many times like the thing is is that uh, we know how this goes because and the big DC, thing is it's not you've interesting done it many times.
0: it's not interesting because she like like uh, tom said he, she's a warrior it's through and through and and when you when you get down to the basics of who Clark Kent is he's a farm boy i mean a warrior yep. yeah farm boy there's uh, no so chemistry there uh, it's like it's like hey you're growing stuff and he's like hey yeah Uh, I see you just fought a battle. She's like, hey, yeah. It's like, okay, well, we're both superpowered. I guess that makes it work.
2: The only woman relationship I ever saw that actually worked for me was at the end of Kingdom Come. Because then they had that whole history behind them. And then they had something. And and Lois Lane was out of the picture. So, I mean, they had the commonality there. Then it worked. Nowadays, No. No. well, well let's like, let's move down the list some yeah. more i'm trying to keep the yep. uh, solicitation
0: reading going a little bit yeah <laughs> about DC later yeah let's see here uh dynamite Inter- entertainment another army Holy of Darkness. Cross.
1: look at all these variant
0: covers oh mark wade's green hornet is anyone reading mark wade's green hornet
2: um i'll uh, be honest i haven't read green hornet since uh kevin smith was writing it but now cool. it's mark wade Yeah, I haven't yet. I mean, I'm I'm probably going to pick up Doc Savage number one. I'm a big Doc Savage fan.
1: Yeah, we'll probably going to pick that up too with an
2: Alex Ross variant cover.
1: Actually, that's a really nice cover.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some of the stuff here. This Dynamite is definitely uh, aiming towards my generation and older because I mean, Mm. you've got Doc Savage, you've got Deja Thoris, uh, you've got uh, uh, the Shadow, you've got Sherlock Holmes. I mean, uh, you've got Vampirella, but That's a different story. Yeah, I know. Uh, Which (laughs) which you'll still pick up for other reasons. Green Hornet. This is all great stuff. Yeah. Long before, I mean, it's like the Shadow and Doc Savage. I mean, this was before Superman. I know. Well, Doc Savage was the original Superman. Oh, no, Hercules was, or Heracles, but uh, that's a different story.
0: But Well, if you looked at the very first uh, Superman cover that uh, that, – that uh, what was it? Siegel did it. Actually, yes. was very Doc Savage-esque. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: it was uh, more so. But because uh, Doc Savage could do anything, Doc Savage nowadays would be considered a Mary Sue or Gary Stewart, whatever you want to call it, because he could do anything. Superman had his flaws, at least. But, moving on. Uh, yeah. moving on to- is, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say this is classic stuff. Even if you are just beginning into comic books or, or whatever. Read this stuff because the characters—they're just as iconic as a Superman or a Batman or a Wonder Woman. They are terrific characters.
0: And I'll say it again: Mark Wade is writing Green Hornet. You have to pick it up because it's Mark Wade and it's Green Hornet. But, love Mark. Love Mark Wade. Okay. Yep. But uh, moving on to IDW, who does everyone's uh, every, everyone's property but their own?
2: Yeah. Good, uh, but I mean, they girl. do so damn well with it.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: they. Oh. This might interest you, Tom. They have KISS solo number two out of four.
2: Rock, and three. Rock, and rock, four. Rock, rock I haven't read night? anything from KISS ever since I bought the one issue from Marvel, the first one which had a vial of KISS's blood mixed in the wrong red dye.
3: Whoa.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm hearing great stuff uh, from a friend of mine who's a huge Transformers fan and she just absolutely loves what IDW is doing with Transformers. And of course, uh GI Joe the Rocketeer. I picked up their Thunder Agents book. Glad that it got away from DC. Uh, mm-hmm. they're doing TMNT now. They're doing uh, they're doing the Max. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know Keith left uh uh the fun bunch over there. Uh they're doing Ghostbusters uh, Judge Dread reprints. I mean, X-Files. Mm. But <laughs> our yeah, and of course, uh, My Little Pony, friendship is magic, which yep. they're doing a terrific job on as well. I mean, they may doing everybody else's property. I mean, they are the licensing gods, but they are doing them unbelievably well. I I praise IDW.
1: Yeah, they've been doing a really good job, I have to say. Um, as a like, they're newcomer, aren't they? Because like, they, when did they they come onto the,
2: um, the? They've scene? been early aughts. Um, Okay. Yeah, they, yeah that's they what have, I thought. Well, they haven't been around that long. I mean, because I remember that the Transformers property was in limbo for a couple of years after um, Dreamwave had them for a
3: while. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Dreamwave, Dreamworld, whatever the hell they became. But yeah, yeah I mean, they're they're doing it so right. And then <gasps> we see GoPro. Little Gopher Abner IDW. Six. Huh.
1: Sorry. Sorry, uh, I just saw little Ab- the Little Abner hardcover, and I'm sorry. I, oh. I, yes. Are they doing that? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Now, I, now I have to get all of that because Lil <laughs> <Abner> is awesome. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm, I I glad, I'm,
0: glad, I'm glad you two are actually on this show because because usually we we breeze through these solicitations a lot quicker. <laughs> but uh,
2: <laughs> You're let's I, keep I, I, I guess
1: I, we'll keep moving.
2: <laughs> I've got the Fearless f- fastic, uh fan club button. So, Woo! so so I'm looking at here. Uh, <laughs> Image comics, um, it, it, yeah, is it it, from one end of the spectrum to the other.
1: Yes, <laughs> is
0: that still reading Invincible after it got really weird?
2: Uh, uh I no. I love, I love, I,
0: I, I love the first fifty or so issues of Invincible, but there was this point where it started getting weird.
2: Yeah, I think that I'm the not, only thing that Image is doing nowadays that anybody really picks up is Walking Dead. I hate yeah, Walking I Dead. They say. should stop it. It's, it's it's successful. I I can't deny that
1: yeah people like it so i mean it's going to continue but yeah like image i'm looking at the rest of it and it's like i don't see anything here
2: yeah the only thing that i've ever seen image did that i would actually say was good and actually beyond good was a while back when they had matt wagner do the sequel to his mage series Mm. yeah so So, that was more wagner than image
0: so let's see here. We have Marvel Comics, Amazing Spider-Man
2: seven hundred dot one dot two dot three. Have they gotten rid of that whole? Have they brought Peter Parker back, or is he still? They they, they, they said they said
0: Peter they said Peter Parker is back, is what they said with the Amazing Spider-Man seven hundred series yeah. um, solicitation.
1: So how are they bringing him back? Are they like his soul comes back, or something like that?
0: They did that early on, and then killed his soul.
1: Uh... Yeah, kind of
0: like
2: all comic book fans out there.
0: Yeah, the thing the thing is it's it's uh, what's his name? What's his what's his name? He used to be good a long time ago. Um John Byrne? No. The current art the current writer of Superior Spider-Man, what's his name the freaking uh I don't know. He 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 did he did that She-Hulk series, which was pretty good, uh but now he's
1: Oh uh, uh, I, damn it, damn it, now I can't think of it. Let me see. Uh Looking it up, written by so. Sp- Sp- Dan, Slott. Yeah. Dan, yeah, yeah, Dan Slott, Slot Whoa, Umberto Ramos too. Oh,
0: yeah. Cool. So, so Dan slot he's basically keep on saying, you know, nope, I'm not gonna reverse this. Nope, this is not ever gonna, this is never gonna be reversed. This is gonna be here for years. You're gonna have yeah, to like it the but... black
2: costume. Yeah,
0: the black costume actually had an interesting origin and was actually a call out to Julia Carpenter, which I kind of. Give it a
2: pass. So well, not anything involved with either Secret Wars uh, it was not an interesting origin. Well, the the
0: fact that Spider Man had in his head Julian Carpenter when he was thinking of a Spider Man costume, come on, it's it shows he's a healthy male. So. <laughs> come <Yeah>. on, <laughs> give but, him that. So, give, give give him give, give me that, Tom.
1: So so what's happened to Doc Ock then? Is he is the grave is dead? Em-
0: the grave is empty. He was dead, but. The, his body Remember? was dead, but then the grave turns out to be empty now, so nobody knows what's happening anymore. They killed uh-huh. off Aunt
2: May twice. <laughs> yeah, you know, and actually, one of the times they did, they did. I mean, it was a it was like beautiful. Terrific, yeah, it, it was a great send off. And then they brought her back.
1: Of course. Well, you have to bring her back.
2: Yeah, you can't have him grow up.
0: So moving moving further down the list, we're almost done, guys. We're almost. Movie Land done.
2: Classics, famous monsters of Filmland. Land. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Woo hoo! Woo! Yeah, you want to talk about being around two seventy one? I mean, God bless the Ackermonster. monster.
0: So let's see here. Uh, there's a
2: WWE comic now. Hmm.
1: There's. There's Studio also Carlin. there's, also, a, there's also Super
2: Genius WWE by Super Genius. That, that's a
0: that's a contradiction in terms. But but <laughs> yeah. actually, this 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 reminds me of something that Neil showed me just today. Is a Scooby Doo meets the WWE movie coming out?
1: Oh yes, that is awesome.
0: I, I heard a big fat yawn from Tom
2: there. That wasn't a yawn. That was a <laughs> sigh of disbelief and disgust. Okay. I remember, oh. oh. Starring John Cena. <laughs> the only, you know, the only time that Scooby Doo had a good crossover was in Batman: The Brave and the Bold animated series.
0: You're, so you're not saying Johnny Bravo? Correct. Ouch! I mean, they got all all the original guys there. They even they even got uh, what's his name, uh, radio
2: uh, host uh, Casey Kasem.
0: Yeah, Casey Kasem coming for the Johnny Bravo
2: one. Yeah. be. Yeah, this is the guy who uh, wanted. I could see why he was no longer doing... And uh, Matthew Lillard does a great Shaggy, both voice and in person.
0: As long as he isn't... Uh, what's his name? Freaking Matthew Lillard. Oh, oh, you are talking about Lillard. I
2: am Matthew Lillard. I love him as Shaggy. Well, he, it wasn't his fault, That it was a couple of crappy movies. He was terrific as Shaggy. He was Shaggy. Well, he was a lot better than Freddie Prince Jr.
0: Yeah. Freddy Prince Jr. has all the... Uh, all the charm and charisma of a wooden log.
2: I was going to say something else, but it would have been extremely tacky, tasteless, and, and very poor taste.
0: Well, I was going with the whole wooden thing there, so...
2: No, I, I had one that was more ac- more accurate, but, um, yeah, not...
0: So, so, moving on, some Valiant Entertainment comics, Archer and Armstrong.
2: And... Yeah, which uh, Valiant used to be real good. Wasn't Valiant the one that had, a. Uh... Shooter for a while back in the 90s. They did Jim Shooter, Jim Shooter, <laughs>
0: and uh, Viz releasing some manga here, Tiger and Bunny.
1: Read it, read it, read it, read it, read it,
0: read <laughs> it. When, when Kitty Yuck says she read it, she means she read it months ago because this was all available months ago already. Yeah, and, and all
1: this. All are a this lot, is, a lot, of a lot closer crap.
2: to Japan than we are.
1: Yeah, we get a little earlier, but like, and I'm looking at this list and I'm going. I don't see a thing I want to read here. Or, oh well.
2: Yeah, and then Zenoscope Entertainment, you know, the grim fairy tales, where the comic company that says, Image, this is how you do tits and ass right. Mm-hmm. You don't need comics or storylines. You just need TNA, well-drawn TNA.
1: That's what I keep telling people. Why are you putting story in if you're just trying to sell TNA?
0: That's yeah. why. That's why. There's a certain deviant artist that I've, I've that that does work for all these places that I love so much. Uh, Squirrel Shaver is his screen name. I think you all have seen him before. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. No, uh, but
1: that's a pretty good name.
0: Yes. So, uh, well, we're gonna take a. Uh...
1: Ouch. Mm.
2: Ouch, Tom. That was ouch. Yeah. Now you know like... why. <laughs> People who are listening to the show, no, you're not going to hear what I just typed. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's, that's It was that's, pretty
0: bad.
2: That's, yeah. that's, that's but a, accurate. But accurate.
0: That is, that is some that's some major time-ouchy there. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. Here we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll do the topic of the show.
1: Yay! It's time for intermission, boys and girls.
0: Like animation? Come listen to Animation Aficionados.
2: And if you disagree with us, you could be a guest on a future show.
0: Available on iTunes, the Zune market, and animationaficionados.com.
3: Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin.
2: Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on
3: Joe Mind? It's
2: Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player.
3: Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang-King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community.
2: Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk.
3: And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and... We, hey again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding. Kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we okay,
2: seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's what's on Joe Mind every week on the GeekCast Radio Network. inside pulse.com Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes.
3: Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Come good on, no. What about sports?
2: That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, that's all right.
3: It's action. It's drama. It's comedy.
1: It's
2: DCn the superhero webcomic. DCn has superhero antics and sexy girls. Catch updates weekly at Decian.com and nosuperpants.com. And now
1: back to the show.
2: And we're back to uh,
0: we're back from our break and we will be talking about the topic of the show, the post-crisis reboot of Wonder Woman uh, by George Perez and Len Wein. Yep, and Greg Potter. Yep. It's uh, uh, I've heard Perez did a lot of the planning of the series. It's uh, you know, the uh, Len Wein did lots of the actual dialogue. It's right.
2: It was scripting by Perez uh, and dialogue by wine, if I remember correctly.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Which made a terrific combination.
0: Yes, and and the thing is, this is this is around the time when when what. Artists that were writers or were storytellers were getting more and more press for being storytellers. You gotta remember that uh in the eighties in the in the in the 70s there was lots of you know, in the late 70s, early eighties, there was lots of controversy over at the Marvel side about the whole about the whole how much did Stanley really do? Pro tip nothing, and uh <laughs> and uh how much of it was Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, and others Pro tip: a lot, <laughs> and <laughs> and so when 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 you see DC being a lot more forthcoming about the artists being the storytellers as much as the people doing the dialogue, that was really refreshing. You
2: know, well, let me go ahead and before we go any further, let me set the wayback machine to give the stage to this thing, um, because actually at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths. One of the things that happened was that they killed off Wonder Woman. She got regressed back in time to just a pile of mud. Yeah. And the Golden Age Wonder Woman became one of the gods or goddesses of Olympus as well. Okay, so Wonder Woman no longer existed in the post crisis universe. Yep. Until, and you would think that it would start off in Wonder Woman. Nope. There was a series called uh, a mini series. Um, oh, good. And I'm blanking on the name uh where it was uh an agent of Dark side, glorious Godfrey who was acting as a televangelist slash television host uh turning funny story against heroes
0: funny story about the Godfrey was the base off of the pat the the fact that that Jack Kirby hated the Pat Robinson no Billy Graham he hated Billy Graham, yeah, that's it he hated Billy Graham and glorious Godfrey is.
2: Legends yeah. Legends was the uh, series uh, that I was thinking of. It was a limited series, and at the end of it, they introduced a brand new superhero to the universe, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Which kind of threw everything off because she was supposed to be an existing hero for a while. It was supposed to be a different hero. Were, originally, it was supposed to be Superman that was introduced at the end of this, not Wonder Woman, but that's not what happened. <laughs> so DC kind of threw itself into a bind there. Yeah. And George Perez walked into the editor's office and said, "Well, I mean, just to see what was going on." he had great writer had John Byrne over as writer and artist over on Superman. You had people over on Batman, and he asked, "Oh, who's doing Wonder Woman?" "Oh, nobody." It's... So he asked if he could do it, and sure enough, he did.
1: I, yeah, I read I read his um, his. It's like one of the forwards in one of the graphic novels, and it's it's great because he's like. I was, like, shocked, and then I'm like, um, I'll do it. <laughs> well,
0: part of the thing is they had to continually keep Run the Woman going as yeah, a title, or else they would instantly lose the rights and it would go back to something.
1: And yeah. thank God that he was there, because the plan was going to be they were going to give it to some unknown or just probably just some schlock artist, just so that they could fulfill their quota. Exactly. and yeah, so and I he mean, brought a
2: complete change into the whole series. I mean, because Wonder Woman, early on when it was um uh, when she was first introduced for the longest time, was what the feminist ideal was with some S and M and time period more thrown in. I mean, that's why she was always mooning over the man, and that she mm-hmm. was an independent and strong woman. I and mean, then as time progressed into the fifties and sixties, she became more. Comic y and cartoony instead of the strong woman that she was.
1: Yep.
0: And joining us is uh, is uh, JT from Saskatoon finally finished braving the mall traffic.
3: Yay! I, I won't lie, there are a few bodies, and no, I won't tell you where they're hidden.
2: Yeah, now you know why it's called being mauled.
3: <laughs> oh, God. I swear to God, if I see another smiling child anytime soon. Uh, Oh, smiling hey. children I can deal with. No, did I say smiling? I meant crying. Yeah, it's the screaming
2: brats, but that's another story. Okay, back to Wonder Woman. I mean, so, I mean, so up to Wonder Woman crisis. at this point, huh? at the beginning. Yes. Okay. You're just in time for a talk about Wonder Woman. Uh, up to Crisis, Wonder Woman was basically, I mean, stuck in a role of like I said, a feminist ideal to uh, the '50s ideal of you know she has to moon over the guy, has to it really can do to the guy to yeah. the late sixties where she was became mod and hip and lost her powers to where I <laughs> to the point where Gloria Steinem wrote in saying, "Give her back her powers." she was an ideal for the woman to the seventies where it they just didn't really seem to know what she was doing, yeah to the eighties, and that's where crisis came in and that's where the reboot happened,
0: and uh we'll- Lots of things I loved about about how, uh, you know, when when Perez went to create because the thing is he had to pretty much create a mythos for Wonder Woman because Superman had a mythos of the Silver Age and as we talked about in the past show lots of the, uh, lots of the core uh, you know guidelines given to John Byrne and lots of Byrne's own decisions ex nade like sixty percent of that at minimum. But Wonder Woman really didn't have a solid mythos, as as Tom just finished saying. So, yeah. so you had you well, had Perez. I, I won't Cr- say it,
2: that didn't, she didn't have a solid mythos because there were a lot of things that were indicative of. I mean, it was Paradise Island. It was the Amazons. It was, I mean, where they had contests on giant kangaroos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the invisible jet. Just there were certain things. I mean, you can't think of Wonder Woman without thinking of the Invisible Jet. Well, the Invisible Plane first, and then the Invisible Jet later. Uh, So there was a lot. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, no, it's okay. Yeah, there was a lot that was there, but it wasn't truly. uh, It was spotty. It wasn't. There was no cohesiveness. And the thing that Perez did was he not only gave a huge bit of cohesiveness to Diana. But brought in a lot of Greek mythology. I mean, brought her not just back to her roots, but to what her roots should have been. To where mm. there was a lot of interaction with. I mean, the first big villain was Ares. She did battle with his sons. Yeah, I mean, Phobos and Deimos. Uh, I know. It was no longer Paradise Island. It was Femiscara. I mean, a great Greek name. And it just bingo, bango, bongo. And it was no longer she decides to go to the outside world after a contest uh to return Steve Trevor. It was that she was chosen by the gods to be the ambassador to the outside world.
1: Well, I just love the whole the whole creation myth of the of the Amazons, like why they were brought into being, the suffering that they go through, the fact that they have to do penance. And that like it's I like that I like it because it's about this like it's about faith and, like, you know, sort of believing in it, – it is sort of about the gods, but it's sort of more about, like, believing in your society. And the gods are just a stand-in for ideals.
2: Well, And, and I really creation, enjoyed that. You talk that. about the creation, the way that Perez did the creation of the Amazons to where they were all these lost female souls who were yeah. killed or tortured or whatever along their lives, and they were being protected – until yeah. such a time and then in the ancient Greece the gods brought him forth I'm mean, not just Aphrodite as they used to say back then I mean it was
1: all the female the all the feminine the goddesses for the most part and then Hermes and like yeah. I really it, yeah I, I, and, well, I really
2: souls, a new life
0: and what I loved was how they explained the colors of Wonder Woman's costume back to uh, how it relates to Steve Trevor's mother and her story oh my god that was a great part of the myth it was
1: just touching it was like yeah. this this whole thing was just full of feels like it was great it's like i normally don't go for that sort of thing but at the same time there was just i have to say this there's just enough action and just enough drama in this that it was just i kept reading it in fact i read this all in four hours last night like i and it was just sort of like oh i'm just gonna read some of this <laughs> but i ended up reading the whole run because it was just like Oh my God, what's going to happen next? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. this was so different. The
2: characters characters that they invented or reinvented. I mean, uh, Julia Capitellis, and I know I'm massacring. Yeah. (laughs) And Vanessa, her daughter, who became an unabashed fangirl of Diana's. Uh, I mean, Steve Trevor did show up, but not as a love interest. He was an older military man. Yeah, and became involved with Edda Candy, who used to be the tag along sidekick, who became I, a strong woman in her own right.
1: Which I really liked. I was just like, oh my god, comic, you're doing everything right. And I'm just, and I'm just, I, I had not, I had only read some of this before. I had not actually read the whole thing. And after reading the whole thing, I'm just like, this is what Wonder Woman should be. And and the fact that like they've been trying to reinvent her so many times, it's like
2: But it
0: was done right.
1: This is what I want. You had
2: the perfect model for Wonder Woman right there. I mean, the way that Perez and Wine did it, that's it.
1: and, like, her, like, the thing, they get, they only touch a little bit on, like, a romance with Superman. And, like, unfortunately, you had to read these other books in order to get most of it. But the thing is, is that I really, like, talk, we were talking about the relationship between Superman and Wonder Woman. And I really liked how it was handled here, where it was sort of like, she's infatuated. This is almost like the first time that she's ever been with a man. So it's like, oh, my God. And, like, how she comes to this conclusion of, I respect him, but... Yeah,
2: I mean, well, that, where fine. Clark Kent, where Superman was lusting after her, I mean, had yeah. erotic dreams about her because um, let's face it, she's Wonder Woman; she's the most beautiful woman on earth. Yeah, which is, makes it completely understandable. And then when they finally get to be kissed, neither of
3: them feel comfortable with it. Yeah. I, I try to stay friends. Yes, well, I know
1: that was so great.
3: I I did like that, but I think one of the things I loved about at least this incarnation of Wonder Woman is the whole fish out of water thing, like when she finally goes out into man's mm. world and she's just this complete noob and that because, <laughs> well, I mean, it, that's what she was. Cause I mean, she, she's only, she's been homeschooled her entire life. She's finally going to public school for the first and, and,
0: time. And, and she speaks a form of, it's not pure Greek. It's a form of Greek. Themyscari is what it's, she spoke. Ancient yeah.
3: Greek. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: which it's, is why Julia Capitellus, the person she's brought to, she was, Oh God, I'm I a sure linguist. Was. No, no. Archaeologist. She was, uh, archaeologist. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Which is yeah. perfect. Who
3: studied the ancient Greek. Well, yeah. And it's, this was the first version, like, you know, you guys were talking about how she was through from the creation back in the day. And I always love the fact that the lasso of truth that got a creator invented, you know, the lie detector. Yeah. And, but this was my introduction to Wonder Woman. I had never read a Wonder Woman comic before Perez's uh, issues here. I mean, I knew Perez from reading a little bit of the Teen Titans. And, I, you know, it's like I told, I said before, Perez is like uh, John Byrne, like Mark Bagley. They got this really detailed art, but it's a very solid work. And that's kind of what sold the story on me in this going onto the world for the first time. And honestly, I think my favorite villain, just to speak about that quick, was Ares. In fact, she's fighting the God of War. How do yes. you win that fight?
2: Well, and the way that she won it... I- since this was a long time ago, I'm not giving away any spoilers. Yeah. She didn't win the fight against them, so to speak. It was it was by using the truth. He was going to bring about nuclear war, the ultimate war.
1: And then after it, that, what need is there for a god if there's nobody to fight? And that is so beautiful because it's such a, uh, like, a fe- it's so feminine and it's so wonderful. It's like this, no, violence isn't what solved the day, saved the day. It was through reason and what she was an ideal of. And I'm just like, this is just beautiful. Cause this is what wonder woman is about. Yeah. She can punch people, <laughs> but she, but she wants to well, she'll put a you know, bandaid bring... on them afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's not just that it's that she understands that like, eventually the truth will be understood. If I just, you know, it, it's an endless battle for her. And I really liked that, that Ares just says, okay, yeah, you're right. Totally, I don't. I would. I want to keep fighting. I don't want
2: to. It was the truth.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, and, and that was, was just great.
2: There were so many. Like I said, I mean, bringing in Ares, a, which he did make an appearance in the previous One Woman's back in the seventies. Bringing in his sons, the Phobos and Demos. Uh, the origin of the golden yeah. lasso. I mean, that was her mother's golden. Uh, I don't want to say harness, but uh,
1: the girdle. girdle. Yeah, Yeah. guys, which is what
2: was stolen from her by Heracles back in the Greek mythology. Yeah, just there was so much that was interwoven with the mythology that really existed to where the two of them just meshed beautifully.
1: Well, and also, I just really like the whole mother relationships that were in this series like the relationship between Hippolyta and uh Diana, and then the relationship between Julia and Diana, and even like. Julia and her daughter, and then yeah. even like the the sister relationship that was going on between Diana and Nessie. It's just, it it was really well handled. I was just the entire time I I could feel that this was Perez trying to actually have like a woman's voice in a comic, and he actually did get a lot of feedback from the editor, who was uh, both editors who were on this who are women. Uh, the original yeah. one. Uh, Forgot what her name was, but then Kate was the second one. Yeah, and I really like that because like that that isn't something that was is really done much in comics. They you know they give this like, oh we're gonna have a woman do this this series or something like that, but it never feels like it's actually a woman working on it. Oftentimes right. it feels like there's like an editor's hand all up in there.
2: It wasn't until Gail Simone that we really saw. A woman who could write. Yeah. I mean, the previous Wonder Woman series, they had a, li- a little mini-series before the reboot, before Crisis, uh, hmm. where it was uh, done by Trina Robbins, who was yeah. a terrific. But it felt more of a jokey, comic-y Wonder Woman than what we got.
1: Well, and, that's fine. You know, it's yeah. fine to do jokey Wonder Woman, but... Like, I I have this feeling like no one really ever knows what to do with Wonder Woman because they just – they don't want to There's sort of this – they don't want to go overboard with the feminism because they feel like, oh, I'll be branded as being like that. Or they they don't want to be too – like, because I read the Greg Rucker run of Wonder Woman, and after reading this, I kind of get what he was trying to do now, but he just – totally dropped the ball because here the thing is is that here you've got action and drama whereas in gregorica's run it seemed like there's just more talking it's like he yep. misunderstood what was actually happening because like, there, there was bill
2: messner lobes actually... in between them because when yeah. Perez left wonder woman bill uh, william messner lobes took over and uh, he really didn't seem to know what to do with her either
1: yeah it's I like mean, he had don't...
2: her out of there i mean had her working a job over a, for an issue at a fast food joint. I mean, it just it it, it was oh. the '90s. I mean, and Loeb's also created um, Artemis, who became the '90s Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah,
0: actually, I actually liked it's, Artemis in certain books after that point. But Artemis, as she was first introduced, was way too edgy. It was like it was like trying to give Wonder Woman her own Asriel. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly really what, what it was. It was yeah, I mean,
2: this was the time when you had the various supermen out there who were the badass Superman. Uh, you had Azrael who was the badass Batman, and then you had Artemis who was the badass Wonder Woman, and <laughs> who actually, no, no, you Wonder
1: mean Woman extreme.
3: for a while. And then Diana was in that horrible biker stripper costume. Oh, yeah. God. Oh God. I, I,
0: I think the big thing is is not that we have to defend the, the George Perez Wonder Woman. As much as we had to defend the Man of Steel, we don't have to. Yeah, last week we pretty much had to defend Man of Steel because Man of Steel has been
3: unfairly targeted, but the the
0: comic book, not the movie.
3: And it's uh, just that a lot of people are very ignorant of what Perez did and the fact that you know he took Wonder Woman from being this kind of also ran feminist. What do you call it? Character of sorts, and then actually made her matter. I mean, it's not that she didn't matter before, but
1: he solidified her. He he made her more modern. And the thing is, is like a lot of what people think of wonder woman actually comes from his run. Oh yeah. Because he reinvented her. Totally. A lot of the
2: stuff that you saw on justice league animated came, uh, it was derived from the George Perez run. Um, and uh, the, uh, the, uh,
0: the Wonder Woman animated movie which was based off of a yeah. off of a screen treatment that Gail Simone wrote was also a lot of that there but they also had to put the flying plane back the invisible wow. jet
2: in yeah uh, when you're no. while you're saying that because and for people who don't know one of the things Perez did was get rid of the invisible jet Wonder Woman could fly and none of this gliding on air currents that she had in her previous incarnation no she could fly yeah
0: well, it, it's because she had gifts from all of the gods, and she had the speed from Hermes, the speed and so,
2: flight from Hermes. Yeah, yeah,
0: and Hermes is yeah. the only fly, male
2: so... in there. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know.
1: Well, but his symbol is the hermaphrodite symbol, so you know. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I I was always assumed Hermes played both sides of the fence there. Yeah.
2: Well, most of the
1: gods well, did.
2: Can't. Most of the Greek gods.
1: Yeah. Well, that's
0: but... that that's when they're not turning into gooses to
2: impregnate people.
1: Well, that's the other the side.
2: Yeah, but I mean, there really is there was such a balance with Perez's run. I mean, it could have gone heavy onto the action. It could have gone heavy into the drama. It could have gone heavy into the touchy feely stuff. It could have gone heavy into the feminism. He had the balance, right? It didn't. I mean, sometimes it would tip one way or the other, but it never toppled. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think part of what,
0: what wakes, makes Wonder Woman as a concept work is the fact that, you know, she would never be fully ignorant of the, of the uh, whole world. For long, I mean, I like the whole you know the whole noobish noob idea of she comes in, she doesn't understands man's world at first, but she's also fairly smart. So it's yeah, not like she, she can, can be three years. Like... It's not like she's gonna be there for three years and wonder what you know what is this internet thing they talk about. She's not ignorant. She's not slow. I mean, once she you know you know aspects of of her being an
3: ambassador, I like those kinds of things. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean that's. That...
3: Or her... right, you go, Kitty Hawk.
1: No, 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 you go first.
3: I was saying, just in the bass area, I mean, because when you talk about the invisible plane, when they brought that back in the last few years before the new 52, or before they rebooted it with Infinite Crisis, how they, they gave, like, this explanation for why the plane's invisible. It was, like, this gift from aliens, and she had, like, the what do you call it? Like the invisible oh, the wonder uh, dome. Yeah. Yeah. The wonder dome is like the, the invisible, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the consulate or whatever. I'm just like, seriously, yeah, I think like, I always dug, I always dug the invisible plane for some reason. I couldn't exactly tell you why, you know, it's the ultimate self craft. <laughs>
0: and, and one thing I, I have to say, I really am appreciative of is is, you know, the removal of, of the Diana Prince secret identity.
2: Yeah, uh, she was Diana
0: because the the idea of, of her, you know, because Wonder Woman doesn't have a reason to have a secret identity. Her 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 family are warriors that could more than take care of themselves on On an enchanted island that anyone who even gets there will probably not wish they weren't there as soon as they landed and tried to mess with them I mean yeah, unless she you has no editor
2: writer that doesn't know what they're doing
0: so she she has no reason to have a secret identity,
2: no reason to have
0: to have a, a reason to hide herself to go incognito. She is there as a representative
2: well, and let's also go through because one of the things that they stressed i mean this was the woman who had the last row of truth, everything about her was truth. Mm-hmm. A secret identity is nothing more than a huge lie. Yes.
1: Well, she, and she makes a point of it. She's just like, why should I change my name? It is what it is. And it's like, yeah. yeah and I, I like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's to make her more wonder woman rather than like what happened to her, like in the seventies. Cause I was just reading up on that about the, she was a fashion designer for a while. Like,
0: yeah, and she and she did yeah. karate and shot a machine gun. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and here here she she is gifted with all these things, but I like how gentle she is because like George Perez's art really like makes this like it shine through, just like how she's not innocent, she's just pure, and it's like you see her flying around, and you just like you're just smiling because it's just like yeah, you can like, feel the one. joy
2: coming through.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's a that's the thing about the art. The art was just, God, I was just looking at it and I'm just like almost weeping because I'm like, you don't get this quality that much. You know, there are some people who do a lot of work in their art, but this is this is just a, this is Wonder Woman. This is like, this is a monthly comic and this is just gorgeous. Like the backgrounds are just like, holy shit. Wasn't it Look Terry Austin
2: doing the art uh, banking on this? Yeah, I think it's because I mean see. Austin and I'm, uh, Austin and Perez have worked together before, and they just I'm...
1: Patterson did the, the first book. Um, looking...
0: but the the point remains is this is this is when one of those few rare cases of of where Perez not only did a great run, he redefined the character for a modern age, and he. Completely overhauled a mythos in one foul swoop. Yeah, and and rarely do you see people do this so seamlessly. I mean, right. like I said, like I said, you know, Man of Steel gets targeted a lot because because Burn pretty much uh, jettisoned the the uh, the Doc Savage as Krypton, but
2: <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, very often you'll get people artists who want to take their crack at writing and Ooh. 99 out of a hundred times you get image comics. Yeah. There are times, I mean, people forget. Oh that, God. Yeah. And some uh, of the other times you get, uh, you get, uh, you, you get, get, well, John Byrne is a good writer and a much better artist. George Perez. I mean, he hit his stride with this. This is probably the best writing from an artist that I've seen. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: I mean, this is this is really good stuff, and this is and like, I mean, this
2: was Jack Kirby level stuff.
0: Absolutely, the world building itself is is something to because you know, yes, Wonder Woman did have a mythos before this, but but what Perez did was extremely hard because he pretty much created a new mythos using, ironically, the oldest mythos in the world, and made it work.
1: No, one of the yeah. oldest one of the oldest there's yeah. there's much older yeah. um, <laughs> but but yeah, but this is this this uh, this comic book makes me sort of sad too because it's like i'm reading it and i'm just like <clears throat> i'm never gonna see this good a wonder woman story excuse me <clears throat> this good a wonder woman story probably ever again and the, and the other thing is is like i'm just looking at the amount of care he took into the story the amount of care he took into the art and I'm just like it makes me want to work harder but it also just makes me like kind of sad because it's like whenever I open up a, a comic book now I see a lot of like white space and and was I'm just very
0: like, care was very careful about his white space
1: well, I do like the the framing aspect he would do, where he would use the white space just to frame someone. But like now, you read a com- you read a comic, and there's just like blank backgrounds. And I, this is coming from someone who does this, so I'm I'm but I'm just sort of like, man, backgrounds are, are
2: just- hard.
1: I you know, like, but it, but also the other thing is is that they weren't overworking the artists back then too, because like if you think about it, they weren't like trying to do like. The big artists were doing like five books, and then you have a bunch of like, you know, low tier artists that you do for pickup. They they were sort of allowing people to have a book and just be on that. So maybe there's something to that. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, that that really was what led to the rock star mentality for some of them because they yeah. became huge, famous for one book, and uh, again, it go back to well. Was well the, the, the rock star
1: aspect came later when they when the industry kind of hit its stride and then the the movie industry got in and then there became people who were like taking advantage of the fact that comic books had just sort of come popular so yeah the really? 90s were great.
3: well that's why we had image comics isn't it because yeah
1: they, yep
3: I mean don't I like some image comics but Nothing from Image ever had, you know, the... I don't nothing know what... Nothing from Image founders.
2: Nothing from the Image yeah. founders.
3: Well, yeah. Jim Lee. I would argue Jim Lee.
2: I would but, I would argue against him because I think... Uh, well, we'll go on. <laughs> go
3: on. Uh, no, I'm just saying that nothing from Image ever... Or a lot of stuff, like, it's so rare with Perez, because, like, you guys have been saying, like, this, like, broke the mold. You know, it's just... We haven't really seen their, like, since... Yeah, in a way, and it's just really like I I collected the last run of Wonder Woman before the New Fifty Two, and I liked that a lot, but it didn't have this kind of world building. That there wasn't a really at least at the time, I don't think there was a really solid foundation for that series, aside from the fact that it was the, the art. The only thing I really liked about the series was the art by the Dodsons, because you know they had this love for Wonder Woman and a lot of the other characters, and he made them look good, but it just didn't come together the way it did with Perez and Patterson's yeah. art in this one. Yeah. And I mean when you look just the, when you're talking about backgrounds there, like you look at the first issue where they get to the Amazon trials, you know, and Diana is snuck in and you know she's whooping some butt and they have that one panel where Hippolyta's looking down in the crowd. And even though it's just purple with black ink, you know, you still see faces, you still see people it's simple simpler backgrounds like that were something that were really kind of indicative at the time that you, know, you still had yeah that texture you could still see things but it wasn't like it is today like everyone has to have like you a complete face and everything
1: well it's just that also color coloring color printing has gotten a lot better so now yeah. there's like this emphasis towards well now we can do the color correctly so we'll emphasize that more and i think that's why the backgrounds have sort of gone by the wayside because you're spending so much more time now on trying to make them look realistic and it's like hey they were able to do that with just lines back then if you're getting at this point seriously like get yourself poser make better models (laughs) and just pose them around I'm serious.
0: About, I hate poser art, personally. But I'm yeah.
1: just saying you can get better mo- You could get. I'm just saying get like better 3D models. It's frickin' Time Warner. They can spring, and they just, could just do 3D models. I mean, now, at this yeah, point. Man. Yeah, I
2: mean, you could look at some of the Perez's earlier stuff too, because he did a run on Avengers over at Marvel, yeah. and of course Teen Titans, which is where I think he really. Had shown he was good on Avengers. His inker wasn't that great, in my opinion. Oh,
3: I know what inker you're yeah. talking about. And on the Titans, first, Sorry.
2: Yeah, and, and on Titans, like I said, with Marv Wolfman's art writing and Perez's art, everything gelled because it had a vibrancy to it. He had the same thing with uh, Wonder Woman, where he had the vibrancy. He had the li- he uh, like Zeus. He breathed life into that pile of clay. He what? created something that wasn't there before
0: what i really loved about what he did with wonder woman was was maybe i'm reading too much into it but i could definitely sense he he went to a museum and started looking at like uh you know grecian uh vases and amphora with art and took a lot of obviously he didn't draw it to look like a grecian vase but you you could tell that he he studied them and like use that influence to influence
1: it's how you
2: he... say that because take a look at the George Perez design for Cersei versus everybody else's yeah oh my god yeah you're right I know I mean everybody else drew her as a costume supervillain George Perez drew her as Cersei
1: I'm thinking of the the latest uh, Arkham actually and uh, yeah the thing the thing is is also I like the the art deco-ness of it, it's like well, Art Deco kind of comes from a lot of, uh, you know, like classical art. But I really enjoy like the covers, like that that first cover of Wonder Woman, like the beautiful with all the history of, um, yeah, with her posing the, the
2: bracelets above her and you're yeah, just, everything around her of the and the headshots of the people around her. My God, that's beautiful. I've mean, even well, for, for Perez's art, that was beautiful. It,
1: it's like it's like it tops any art deco, like the not art deco, but art nouveau. Like art nouveau is, is just pure like joy. You just look. It's just I, every time I see his Wonder Woman, she's just she's just so beautifully done. Like in this, like her facial expression. Everybody's facial expressions are perfect in this. Like. Just looking at his art just is great because it's like he gets the emotions by so well.
2: I know I get laughed at for this. I mean, to me, when you talk about Wonder Woman, I, I, of course, with my age, I, uh, Linda Carter was the perfect yeah. Wonder Woman to me. I mean, they'll never get anybody as good as her. And it wasn't because, again, to me, because she was beautiful or curvaceous. I mean, she is. There are lots of women who are. What hmm. sold me as her as Wonder Woman was that Linda Carter had the brightest smile, you know, literally the smile that would oh, light yeah. up the room.
1: George oh, Perez
2: eyes. brought that too.
1: Oh, and those eyes. The eyes yeah. were just, they can go from like the most joyful eyes you've ever seen to, oh, gee, this bitch is going to kill me. Exactly. Like, can just emote.
2: impressive eyes. I mean, yeah. just the her, and that was what sold me as of Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. That's what sold me of George Perez. I mean, the writing is magnificent, the art is Perez's art. It was bare. He didn't create lines on paper. He created people.
1: Yeah. It's like, that's why I'm like, you know, I look at this art and I'm just like, this is done with basically ink. You could really remove all the color and it's really on the line work. And -hmm. those two together Perez for, for setting up for work. And then, you know, Peterson for, for, uh, for finishing up. It's just, I don't know. I'm just looking at it, and I'm just like, this is just amazing.
0: Sometimes and back- and I say I say this as an inker myself. Sometimes it's easier to ink for someone who has very basic okay. but lousy pencils than it is for someone who has very detailed pencils.
2: You're almost, yeah. and the reputation. I mean, I've known of artists or of inkers that were afraid to do things because it was. A starenko, a Kirby, a Perez uh, where yeah. the pencils come off badly because they didn't want to do anything. Either they were too light or too heavy. Yeah. Most of the time it's that part of the problem is
0: being too heavy. Because especially with a Perez, if you gave me Perez pencils, I would say I can't do this. And and I'm and, and I'm an inker. I would say I can't do this. I I would put my hands up I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I know I was trained, but I can't do a Perez
1: yeah I I, I, I mean mean,
0: give me give give me a Scott McDaniel and I'll ink that all day but
1: (laughs) yeah
0: nothing against Scott Scott McDaniel but
1: yeah (laughs) when I try to do pencils for someone to ink it's generally I I I I have like tried to be detailed but I have learned that sometimes it's better it's good to have detail but not too much because it does spook the inker because they're like uh I don't know
2: it's, yeah. it's, it's it's background. I mean, I think yeah. one of the problems they have with artists nowadays is artists nowadays were brought up on Image Comics. Mm-hmm. Image Comics was brought up on George Perez and the others from the 70s and 80s. It's a and, copy and, of a copy. Yeah. I mean, it's doing yeah. what they thought was right and doing it in their style. And you can't do it that well. It, yeah. It goes back. And it was people, I mean, in Perez's time and earlier – People, I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying anything against most, a lot of the artists nowadays, because there is some beautiful work out there. It's the writing that's off, or sometimes the art is off, um, with the exception of Image Comics, where both were off. Uh, but it was going through, and a lot of them just didn't put in the time. I mean, you had such people in there. Look who Perez learned from. Look who Adams learned from. Uh, Neil Adams. Look who yeah. uh, Kurt Swan l- learned from. And they took it and they built and they grew into their own style that was still magnificent.
1: But they also um, did illustration work too. That, yeah. that was the other thing. Like the thing is, is that a lot of people don't want to admit this, but the comic industry really benefited from the fact that there was a bigger print industry at the time. And so. If it wasn't for that, like a lot of the artists who came after this generation, they weren't doing like advertisement or like
2: graphic
0: design.
1: You know, graphic design. Well, they were one of the best background artists I ever
2: saw. Uh, what he's made his regular money in architecture and yeah. doing a, a layout for that. I mean, so I well, mean the deep buildings he did were just unbelievably detailed, especially well, like, when come came to Gotham City.
1: Okay so like early okay like speaking of that like early mega tokyo people give fred gallagher a lot of shit and i kind of give him shit because he he does pencils and doesn't ink it but the backgrounds were always really good because he is an architect so you could see that shine through and that's the thing like you don't see with a lot of artists these days they aren't like classically trained in in either illustration, architecture, graphic design, or something like and that. It's,
0: it's more. It's more than just. It's more than just. Uh, than just the, the books. I mean, it's uh, the one thing that really surprised me is Jim Davis's skill in pure illustration when he's not drawing Garfield. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen this guy draw draw once in a way that imitated uh, imitated uh, Jack Kirby style, and and he did it perfectly. It's like, oh, gee.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, uh, for the everyone thing who's gone just...
2: to Comic Con or other places where they've had artist tryouts, they don't want to see, well, you can draw Mickey Mouse or you can draw Superman or Wonder Woman. They want to see, how is your life drawing? Yeah. They want to see a range. And unfortunately, uh, for <coughs> the two big ones, <coughs> uh, they go through and look for you know, the pigeonhole rather than the versatility, and they're losing out on that.
1: Yeah, like um, most of the class, well, I don't know. We could keep going on about this all day. But the thing is, is that it is it's been forgotten. Like and I was told this in school, you need to draw from life. And, you know, as a kid, I was like, fuck you, man, until I did learn that that actually is something you have to do, like copying other art. It's it's like anything that Xerox when you've copied it for the 10th time, it's going to look like shit absolutely yeah Yeah, but
0: uh, but overall back to just wonder woman i i I mean i gotta agree with kitty hawk i feel kind of sad about this at the same time that there really isn't anyone that will create a great wonder woman again for a long while because because she sort of semi got regulated back to where she was before this whole thing now where she's superman's girlfriend now it's like that's totally not interesting
2: and and it's uh, well, and the start of the run that they have with New 52, where I mean, it was well, we have to show that she's a warrior, that we've got to show plenty of blood and guts. And uh, when, when the first few issues have Hera, the, I mean, when they go and they retcon her, well, they retcon everything, when they have Diana as Zeus's daughter rather than the created from clay, uh, where they have. Uh, Hera chop off the heads of a couple of horses just to make villains. I mean, come on, who's writing this crap? Uh,
1: and by crap,
2: I'm being I'm being rather unkind to crap in comparing it to that.
1: Well, I think it's just now it's honestly committee because like I've heard stories like there was a story about like Handahard the lo- the the Lost Boy or I think that's what it's called. Um Commandee. and Commandy, that's it. Sorry. Yeah, another um, Jack Kirby creation. Yeah, Commandy. The, the the guy. There's a writer who's been who's been put on this book recently and he went to his editor and was like, We're gonna make this the brand new teen adventure. You know, we're gonna get kids interested in comics again. I've got this great plan. And his editor said, Who do you think we're writing for? It's 40 year olds. So you make it for 40 year olds. And it's like, wait a minute, this is commandy. This is not for 40 year olds, but that's what they want. Like they're just basically at this point, they're probably just saying to writers yeah, 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 that's great, but you need to put like this in here and it needs to be for 40 year olds and like, Which oh, completely and make sure the, to...
2: the whole new 52 thing, because it was supposed to be to bring younger readers in no. they, they, was,
1: They're, they're, they're the
0: schizophrenic that's the problem, they're schizophrenic like a like, like, a, uh, like a chihuahua dog on, uh, on Down no. syndrome
2: It's not schizophrenia, yeah. it is bad editing from a bad writer who got promoted to a position he should have never had.
0: We see that a lot everywhere, Tom. Yeah,
2: not to this degree. I mean, I, I, as much as I, I, tell I had, you had about problems my last with Tom job. DeFalco, I had problems with um, uh, Joe Casada. Quesadilla. But they had, <laughs> they had their good points, they had their bad points. I'd, I've never seen anything good from the in didiot? the way of creation from the Didiot. All right, well... Uh...
0: I think this is the end of our discussion for this uh, for the Wonder Woman reboot. Again, this is one of the best works from the '80s from the post crisis reboots. Uh, again, you know, like I said, I'd say I say it's
2: one of the best works from DC period.
0: Tom corrected me once again. Yes, of but uh, but I again, like I said in the last episode, I still love Man of Steel, but Wonder Woman, Perez's Wonder Woman is like the the crown jewel of the post crisis reboots and how a reboot can be done correctly for once. Yes. And uh, and uh, next week we will be doing, and I'm sure Tom won't be on this one, uh, Batman Year One. Oh. Won't be on that one? You don't want to be on that one, or do you? Yeah, I loved Year One. Okay, you're, gonna, you're on this. With some you know.
2: exceptions, I loved Year One. Okay.
0: It does that have to do with a certain prostitutes.
2: <laughs> you can't mention Frank Miller without mentioning prostitutes.
0: Okay, so JT put it uh, put it down. Tom Tom will be on next week uh, defending uh, post crisis uh, Batman Year One. All right,
3: All uh, right. are we going to at least spend five minutes bashing the animated movie? Because I really. <laughs> I would love I, to spend five minutes bashing that movie. Oh Only yes, it minutes? It it well, took I, all I don't the to life.
0: It. it took all the life out of the original artwork because, and we're going to cover this in length in yeah. the episode. But the original, the original artwork was so raw. Is the word yeah. I like to use? It's yeah. raw. It's like raw emotion. And then you have this sterile thing. Well, yeah.
3: That's. I mean, well, we'll that's speak been about DC then, lately. Yeah. To, to be honest, though, I. What's his knob from the OC is gonna get the lion's share of my ire. Okay. I'm just I'm just gonna say that now.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, the voice acting was pretty bad too. But it, it, like I said, my biggest problem with it is they took one of the most emotionally raw books that Miller ever did and turned it into this sterile thing with no voiceover narration. And the whole the whole thing that made Year One work when reading it is. The no- noir-esque narration where you have Jim Gordon narrating to himself and Batman narrating to himself—it's
1: like—and
0: well, then the- and then you have a quiet, you have a silent animated movie where you see people doing things, but there's no narration.
1: Well, I mean, like the um, what was it? The the Dark Knight uh, uh rises or uh-huh. uh-huh. the one that just came out? Returning. They they the returns. That's it. Sorry, I was getting mixed up. Yeah, uh, they, they they um. They took out the narration on that one. It was bullshit. I mean, it's just... I think they think, like, maybe people would think it's stupid, or maybe they'd have to pay the voice actor more money.
0: And they made, and they made the Batman versus Superman fight five times as long with, like, shit, stupid Iron Man God. shit in there. i I'm was about not to... in the original. In the original, it was like a two-page yeah. fight. They made it into a ten-minute battle with, well, with to to tanks and bulldozers and shit. It's like, this was not in the book.
1: But you have to outdo Marvel. That's the name of the game for DC right now. This is why they're floundering. They're so well, I mean, DC's always been sort of like this with Marvel, like panicking. It's just gotten worse because the corporate shit has sort of crept more in. And now they're they're focusing more on movies. You can't play catch up with movies. I'm sorry, with a comic book, at least, you know, you could say, okay, we can we can turn this around in like two months or so. You know, if we just sort of just say, fuck those storylines, let's just get into a new one. You can't do that with movies. Movies are like years long in production. And DC is just trying to play catch up. And I got to watch this Superman and Batman thing, but I have a feeling it's going to be one of those where well, I'm just sort of. Well, worried. I'm rooting
0: for Ben Affleck to kick this to, to kick this guy's ass now.
1: Yeah, well, I'm like not. I'm actually hoping they both the die.
2: What? I like the actress that he hired for Wonder Woman. She looks like she would be good for the role. Yeah,
0: She
1: She doesn't, I'm actually, she doesn't, have, the,
2: she doesn't have the goods.
1: Okay, let, let, let me say huh. something. I actually was watching some Linda Carter uh, Wonder Woman and after I saw the announcement, because I was like, okay, I need to actually go watch it. And I actually like the look that they're going with her. I have no idea how she's going to act. I have no idea if they're going to actually be for... Because like, if they get her legs a little bit more athletic, You know, like toned a bit. I think Mm -hmm. it could work. The problem is, is I don't think they're going to use her properly. I think they're going to give her some stupid lines, and I fear she's not going to do very well because they seem to be be picking some bad actresses.
2: I I do feel sorry for the actress though. Yeah, because if if she is ever late on the set, you know they're going to be changing it from Batman versus Superman to Waiting for Godot. Oh Oh
1: my god, that's
0: good. (laughs) yeah <laughs> so, so so let's end this episode of comic con stories on this note uh, this is your host ben and jt from
2: saskatoon
1: and kitty hawk of sparkling generation valkyrie yuki sgby.com your one-stop shop for sexy fun
2: and the from the recently thawed out because of texas ice storms, 910 <laughs> comics over at 910cmx.com i'm thomas revoir
0: and we are saying good night and see you in next episode. Make and the nice pump, pump,
1: May God's grace be with you.
0: Yes.